0: Ada has been a professional psychic medium for over a decade and a half working with individuals both in the United States and abroad. Having been highly intuitive all of her life, it wasn't until her mid-30s that one of those little life-altering moments happened, and she realized what her abilities were. This discovery started her quest in learning and studying as much as possible about this intuitive world we all live in, whether we know it or not. Now, 20 years later, in nearly a decade and a half of being a professional psychic medium, Ada is still impassioned and inspired to help others understand spirit communication, intuition, metaphysical events, and more. You can contact Ada through her email at may adamay, A-D-A-M-A-Y, at naturallistening.com, or her website at naturallistening.com.
1: Welcome, listeners. Thanks for coming back and joining us again. Today we have with us Ada Mae Brown, who is a psychic medium. As we get started, Ada, could you please tell listeners a little bit about yourself and explain to me why psychic medium? Well,
2: hello, everyone, and thank you for coming to listen to everybody here. Uh, I am a psychic medium, to address your first question. I'm a psychic medium because all mediums are psychic. Everybody that does mediumship has the ability to tune into people's energy. But a psychic is not always a medium. Okay. A medium is always a psychic. And that covers both bases. There are mediums that interpret material received from those on the other side through different abilities. There are four. Some say five, but I say four chief abilities that we work from that are just like the psychic antenna, it's just an extension, okay? So those four abilities are clear audience, which is clear hearing, sentience, which is clear feeling or what is most commonly known as empathy, clairvoyance, which is clear seeing and it's also a term for mediumship, okay? Uh, usually it's a more European or old world version. And then there's claircognizance, which is kind of a combination of all of, all of the above with your ability to foresee or retro sense, tell. It's that gut feeling for most of us. Something's not right. We can't tell why I'm not going that road today. And sometimes you'll receive visions. Sometimes you'll hear something in the past or from your past. And you go, that's weird. I remember when that happened and my stomach's telling me, my gut's telling me not to do this. Hmm. Okay. We're not doing that today. So I hope that helps and clarifies a little.
1: It does. It does help. And I appreciate when you said all, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are medium. Did I get it right? Okay. So psychics, then, they would kind of know things, you know, like they might be able to be with someone and they might interpret something. But the medium is specific to
2: messages received from the spirit world. And it can be messages from those in spirit. And let me clarify my term. In spirit to me means a human being or even a fur person or a fur person from the other side. They've passed away. They've crossed the rainbow bridge, whatever you want to call it. And they're communicating, but it is also, to me, the realm where some of us can hear your guides, your guardian angels, your angels on duty for that month, because I do feel that they can exchange out when you have very difficult times, you may have more helpers from the other side, from from the angelic realms. And so all of that is a medium's point of communication. Psychics read energy just like a medium, only psychics will read your auric energy and the potential, the best potential for what is forthcoming or what is happening. A really good reading tells you where you've been, where you are right now, and the potentials for what's coming. And they will not tell you exactly what to do. It's another thing with a really good reading. They're not going to tell you what to do. You cannot give your power away to a session. I don't care if it's mediumship or psychic because it's not our job. It's not the psychic's job, the psychic medium's job, or if they just want to call themselves the medium or clairvoyant. It's not our job to make your decisions. And that is a really big thing I've been encountering the last about two years. People really don't mean to, I don't feel, but they are so in an emotional state that they they want to give their power away for somebody to make the decision for them.
1: We'd all love to be able to pay somebody to tell us what to do <laughs> as long as we have trust that it's the right thing and it's going to have the right outcome. <laughs> you know, we don't want to make our mistakes. <laughs> okay. Well I think for today's podcast and knowing the, the focus of our podcast is grief, we probably want to focus mostly on your mediumship. OK, uh, now in that vein, and for this, I'll you know, you can still do the psychic portion. But would you tell our listeners a little bit of your background? How did you know d- that you were a psychic medium? Or, I mean, I know this I know this isn't a degree you can get in college, for example. So how how did you know? You should see
2: the looks you can get at a party when you say, oh, I'm a medium. Well, you'd look like a small, you know. So um, I've always been like this. I mean, seriously, I have been like this since I was a small child. I knew when my grandfather Clyde at two years old, my grandfather, my father's father passed away on Christmas Day. I knew it and I, because I saw him and I ran into the broom closet. And to this day, I carry a scar on my forehead from hitting the, the metal pit on the broom. I did not know what it was. It was in mid-30s. It was strengthening up again. Because in my family, uh, both my birth family, my dad and my mom. And then when dad died, um, I went to live with my oldest brother, uh, who is an army or was an army uh, warrant officer. And that was a big no-no in both. They were afraid of it. And so it was in my mid-30s. And I'm talking to a friend. I actually owned a swimming pool business. I was doing everything with swimming pools but digging holes. And I went to the small business center in town, which was a haunted building in Knoxville. And I was also going to meet a friend of mine uh, who was doing international business. We'd met through another friend. And I said, "Is that?" And I sat down in his office, and I'm having all these experiences, and I'm thinking, oh, something's going on here. I don't know what it is, but I need to get out of here fast. And I go into his office and I'm walking through all these hot and cold spots and it's not the air conditioning. And I said to him very quietly, I said, is there something going on with the energy in this building? Thinking he'd think it was electricity I was talking about. Well, here's this giant six foot four former University of Tennessee football player bouncing up and down all of a sudden in his chair going, you're a medium. You're a medium. And I said, I'm a what? And he goes, You're a medium. And I said, Well, I want, then if I'm a, then who's the guy in the gray suit with the white beard? And it was one of the local colonels that I have no idea uh, about at that time because I'd been too busy raising kids to, reign, to realize the history of the area. And we discussed, and he goes up and he closes the door to his office. And I thought, Oh, great, I'm in for it now. And he goes, You're a medium. You can see the colonel. You can really, and I described this man to a T. I'd never seen a picture of him, but this building had been both the Union and the Confederate Hospital and Detention Center for certain political prisoners on both sides during the uh, Civil War. And I had no clue about the history of it. None. None whatsoever. I just knew that it had been at one time a couple of schools, a couple of different types of schools. So that's how I knew. And it took me a long while. That was a huge revelation because to me, that meant somebody completely different, not the girl that was doing the swimming pools. We have this mental picture of ourselves. And if anybody out there thinks they're mediumistic, um, one of the things you may have to work through to help others is your own self-identity. Because spirit gives us these things, these gifts and abilities, these types of of understandings. And we have to work through things to be of more help. And usually also you get a lot of stuff in your life so that you have a perspective where you can help. But that's how I knew. And I started trying to find immediately, and this is 20 years, 21 years ago, 20, 21 years ago, I immediately went to the library because I'm very bookish and tried to find things on what mediumship was. I found things by mediums, but not, and the internet, as we know, was pretty brand new at that time. So there wasn't much on there at all. We had nowhere the video capacities or anything else at, this, at that time. So I then sought the help of someone in the area that was a very good psychic and medium, but she was going through a lot of things herself. And we connected a couple of times. She was not a teacher. And this is another thing. Not all mediums are teachers. Because of my bookishness and my calling, I do teach. You have to be selective in what you want to learn as well. And one of the reasons I teach is because I found such a deficit. And there still is a deficit of things that can help the person or people that are interested in learning their abilities. So I learned... From spirit teaching me, basically, I got books that fell in my lap. Literally, fell out of the shelf in front of me. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Try being at a used bookstore and looking in the metaphysical section. And all of a sudden, and the book is on the wall. The bookshelf is not like it's in the middle of an aisle, and somebody could have pushed something. You know, it's right there on the wall, and all of a sudden, it just did, boop, and there it is. Yes.
1: that's something you'd see in a movie.
2: You know, maybe, maybe Mr. Spielberg, you know.
1: There you go. There you go. So you've been developing then your skill and technique as a medium for the last 20 years. Is that correct?
2: The calling re-emerging. And I felt like I had educated myself enough to start helping people. You never know enough. You are learning every single session. You never stop learning, but I felt in two thousand and seven both the calling and my self education was enough to start helping people
1: so if someone came to you, for example, and said you know I, I lost my I lost my son three years ago, and I desperately desperately want to hear I want to know that he's okay would you?" likely be able to help that person or does it depend on the person you can
2: never say 100 percent that that person is going to go and and come through mediumship is not 1-800 dial the dead and you've got grandma or uncle joey or cousin ralph on 423 and 651 you know it's not like okay lily tomlin popping in the 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 tele telephone lines from years ago most of the time they come through. Now, what can happen in a session and often does if someone's really keyed up and upset, and let's just say it's been a traumatic and tragic rapid loss, a car accident, a shooting, something of that nature. And it's a shock in multiple ways, younger or older person. Um, And there's no, for human beings, I find that the loss of a child for us regular folks is the hardest reading any, any medium will ever do. Okay. It is the hardest. So with a child loss, this lady's lost her son okay. of indeterminate age and it really age makes no difference. I would ask her a few questions. The first thing is we've already covered with Kathy but the first thing is I would say, how long has it been since they've crossed over? I have a personal code of conduct where unless my guides and angels say, give me the thumbs up and say this is okay under this time period. It's usually three months is the minimum. I prefer three to six months. Unless they give me the thumbs up and it's okay, they've gone through their grief, they're, they're understanding enough to, to have a session. I will not read for them. They may get somebody else to do it, but I will not do it.
1: And why?
2: Number one, a person that's recently had a bereavement. And I'll give you a good example. Years and years ago, I hadn't been reading for professionally, but about a year or two. And I had a lady, we had already arranged a session. Okay. I had read for her once before, went great. Her and her daughter, no problem. Um, or I should say one of her daughters. So we had a session and I remember it was on the 28th of November, uh, a day after my father's passing anniversary. So she and I, we hook up as we had expected and I hit a wall and I kept hearing three things. One of them was orange lipstick for some reason, coral colored, ready, orangey lipstick Okay. Number two, it's nobody's fault. And number three, it's okay. I went and I couldn't get past that. I hit a wall and I was confused. And I said, and I felt all of a sudden something had happened between her and I scheduling probably a week or two before to that day. And I said, what has happened? Because I'm hitting a wall, something's just too heavy, too fresh. And I said, does anything that I've just said make any difference? And we tried for 10 or 15 minutes. I said, we're going to reschedule. And she said, my my daughter died on Friday. One of her children, one of her adult children had died. And I said, then we're going to stop. And we will reschedule. And we're not going to worry about today. It's too fresh. You have, if someone's not ready and their emotions are in a massive turmoil, think of it like a tidal wave. And we've all experienced grief in different ways and for different people. So that tidal wave of emotion is a natural blocker for, a, for getting a good, clear signal. Let's put it, call it a signal. For the person, not necessarily for the person doing the reading like myself or someone else, but for the person. It's just too much to go through. And that's what they were showing me from the spirit side of things. It was just too thick. Now, for you to understand, for a person getting a reading to understand everything that's going to come through, it needs to have a little clearer head, a little more leveler head. Because you don't necessarily want to accept the information that they're giving. You want it desperately. But you also don't want it because that really means they're gone. That really means that somebody is in touch with their spirit and they're gone. And you want to argue and you want to just wail, scream, gnash of teeth. Now, another reason is you're not going to be able to understand the totality of the messages. It's too raw. It's just too fresh. You're hurting like there's no tomorrow. It's whether it's a husband, a wife, a child, dad, mom, and they're all different. That recent loss, unless you have a, um, a really deep base in understanding, is too fresh. It's too raw for you to get the fullness of the messages. I like people to have their grieving time. It's also, I feel, I feel grieving time is sacred time. In the Western culture, we have not had a lot of grieving time the way we have it in modern days. And through the centuries, it's changed. You can have a look at the Middle Ages, say, 1100 to 1600, you were hiring whalers if you were of a nobility or you did it yourself and there were certain processes, some traditions still have you covering mirrors in the Western world. It was covering mirrors. There was no going out. There was no parties. There was no celebrations. You, you worked through your grief, whether it was six weeks, six months, six years, whatever you did, it started changing um, a bit more from the 1700s through the 1800s, 18th and 19th centuries. In other words, And it was a social form. And one good example, it was individualized to everyone remembers Queen Victoria, which has been in a lot of shows and programs lately. She wore black from the time Albert passed onwards. That was her decision. The culture at the time, it was a year. royal court mourning at that time was a year by tradition. So she lasted it throughout because that's where her grief was. And I'm not saying it was good, and I'm not saying it was bad. It's just what it is. In about the 19, early 1900s, it had shifted to about six months for family members. And that's the other part of it. The traditions varied for who it was. But today, here in, in the now that we have, um, you have some companies that give you two weeks, two months, whatever it is for bereavement leave. It's just dependent. Some people expect you to be done and dusted. Immediately. And just like with a lot of different processes, we've forgotten the ceremony, we've forgotten the tradition, we don't give ourselves the heart space to allow the grieving to take place. Just like there's joyfulness with a birth. Okay. And everybody has all these little traditions, um, baby showers and uh, birthing celebrations of all different sorts throughout the world. We also don't realize that the passing of someone, what we call death, um, we've negated that. It's like we're supposed to be over it really, really quick.
1: And that's why we don't talk about it anymore because it's too uncomfortable to talk about, you know,
2: one day and one step at a time. Now I'll give you a really funny one. Well, for me, it's funny. Okay. Now my Michael was a colon cancer, um, situation. And unfortunately it had metastasized throughout his body way before we knew that the bugger of a tumor was there. We had about a year, which is way longer than some. And I was on the phone with his ex-wife. We weren't the best of buddies, but we were very cordial and very friendly with each other. And we wanted that both for the children that they had together, his, his daughter and son as well as for ourselves. We saw no need for anonymity. So we're on the phone and, and I told her it's it's a matter of hours. Get the kids to know that, you know, I'll be sending the call through. So I go, she goes, can I, can I whisper something just to him one more time? And I said, of course you can. I'll put it on speakerphone and I won't listen. How's that? And she laughed at me. So I walk up the stairs and Michael's gone. And I said, I said, he's gone. And she goes, where did he go? (laughs) I said, honey, he's crossed over. And it was just then. And I knew it was very, very close to the time he was leaving. Because all of a sudden, our dog started barking. Dixie, who had, until he he was in coma, she was under that bed almost 24-7. But that last three days that he was in coma, she went outside. She didn't care. She was done her, her holding space for him was finished. And Dylan, his ex-wife and I, we were chatting and she goes, so he's crossed over. And I said, yeah, he's, he's passed away. I've got to call some other people, please get the kids. And they were in different time zones and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I was kind of ticked at Michael. Mm -hmm. I was upset, but I was also kind of ticked because he didn't let me know. He crossed over. I felt my father pass away. I knew when my mother, who was eight 900 yeah. miles away, passed away. Mm-hmm. But him, you know, the dog howls. And I'm like, okay. So fast forward about a month, and I have had a couple of glasses of wine. I will admit that. And I am going to bed, and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, and I'm thinking. And I said mm-hmm. to him out loud, I said, was it as nice a passing? Was it as nice as they say and that I've experienced in the past? Did you have a good crossing? Now. My Michael had to have a $50 word when a five cent word would have done. He, instead of saying it was a good time, I heard it was a salubrious occasion. And I knew it was him.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and you knew it was from him. Yeah.
0: Okay. 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 I have a question, Ada. When you make an appointment with someone for a reading, do you start to to get some signs like before the appointment? Or do you have to be or do you have to start talking to the person or because I know you do it uh, them virtually. And it developed
2: because as I developed okay. my abilities, as they as 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 one famous chef used to say, it kick it up a notch as uh, my gifts and abilities kicked up a notch i have now a personal rule don't wes- don't mess with me before i've had my tea in the morning and my shower okay because they would i would have i would have immediately and i'm like no right. okay so we right. now have a rule standing um sometimes spirit folks get very pushy i look at myself as a telephone booth the only telephone for those of you that don't understand what a telephone booth is the only telephone <laughs> in the middle of a desert island, in the middle of nowhere, and your loved one on the other side is desperate to get through. They want the hotline to get through to you to tell them tell you they're okay. They want to give you some, and I'm an evidential medium. I do not ask for names from them or you. So... I look at it like that and they're pushy, okay? I ask for the evidence from them. But until I put that rule in place, I was having some significant issues in the mornings at the readings because I would start seeing roses or smelling, and it still happens for a friend of mine. When, I, when her dad wants to get through to me and contact her or something's up, I will smell coffee all day. I don't drink coffee normally. It can be winter and the windows are shut and sealed and I will be smelling coffee like crazy.
0: That's, that's what I was thinking is I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder if she can like kind of halt some of these senses or is, I feel like if, if it were me, I'd feel like I'm never alone. I can never be alone. Your spirit (laughs) folks are always watching. That's an interesting concept.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Can a, can a reading be done? virtually or do you really need to be physically in the same room with someone on just the telephone
2: without FaceTime Skype any number of ways we can do this now because I don't have the opportunity to read your body language in other words if someone's hearing me go does this make sense and, and there's a right way and a wrong way to do a reading do you, the wrong way is do you have a brother on the other side well, that's a 50 50 shot in a fishing question. The right way to do it is I have a male figure that he's on the same kind of level with you. So it's a brother like figure. It could be someone that's a cousin, um, an uncle that's a similar age, um, a brother, someone in the family or feels like family. Does that make sense? And they're telling me they're, just for an example, this is actually from a reading. I was doing a reading for a lady. He was in Texas and I knew nothing about her, nothing about her family. She just called me up one day and we set an appointment. And I think it was two weeks later we had the the appointment. So all of a sudden this, and I have another rule, don't feed the medium. We'll go into that in another time. But her dad was coming through. And I said, does it make sense for me to say that there's a man in a really rugged 1950s kind of plaid shirt style haircut, solid guy. Not bad looking for a man, but it feels like it's a father figure. He's not like equal to you. He says dad and mom. He says dad and mom. Does that make sense? And I thought she was going to drop her cookies for a minute because her dad dressed in New England, where we were both from, we found out later on in plaid shirts and he liked that 50 style haircut and his hair when he was younger was very dark black and he came through like bells and whistles and he showed various things. Wow. But you want to, you want someone that's going to read without fishing. That's another one of those big things on how to get a good reading. Really? I prefer to do a reading for an hour. I feel that that is an appropriate amount enough time for someone to take notes, to have giggles, to have sad times, and to let them give the fullness of the messages. For mediumship, I believe an hour is the best.
0: It's not something you want to rush. And so you you see visions, you hear things, um, you smell things. What are the other senses that you get or those three? I have the full range of all of the abilities exceptionally
2: strongly. I have the clear feeling, the clear smelling, the clear hearing, the clear everything. And sometimes I will get a scent in a reading. I will get a scent of roses or another flower. And there's multiple reasons for that. And everybody has psychic abilities. Everybody has intuitive abilities for me, it's likened to, um, I'm almost somebody that could play at Carnegie Hall if I were playing a piano. If this was piano ability, it would be nearly Carnegie Hall. Um, some people get a hint or feeling you might see things out of the corner of your eye. It's a shadow. It's something and then it's gone. That's clear. That's clairvoyance. That's clear seeing. Yeah, I have all of those and I have the foreknowing and everything else as well and the past knowing. Retrocognizance is what it's
0: called. Earlier in the podcast, we talked about um, how people have guardian angels. I'm a huge believer in that, that we've, well, my mom and I, we've always had guardian angels. I'm wondering, though, if if your guardian angels, are they someone that you know? Or could it be someone that maybe that you never That is an awesome knew? question.
2: Your guardian angels are literally angels. They are of the angelic realm. They have not been human. They are not in a human body. They are angels. You have guides that are very much like angels. They're sort of, um, without putting a hierarchy on it, they're sort of like the learning class on how to give and love and be benevolent and guideful and everything like that. So those people, whether you've known them or not, can be your guides. Um, I never knew my grandmothers. Here's a great example. I never knew my grandmothers in this life. Both women passed away and eight years before I was even born in this life. And I have felt their presence from the time I was small, even until the last few weeks. I had a friend in England when I was there, she um, we became friends. She was in a spiritualist church. I gave her my hairbrush of all things to, to use psychometry. And that's something for another show someday, maybe um, use psychometry to come through. And she tuned in to my family and my gran on my dad's side, whom at that time I had not been able to place, but it was magnificent to hear from her.
0: That's so interesting to me. Cause I, I guess I always feel like, My guardian angels are like past family members or friends kind of looking out for me. But then when you were talking, yeah. So then when you were talking earlier about it, I was like, oh, I wonder if we can have guardian angels that we never knew. Definitely. Definitely. Um, As
2: a matter of fact, in readings I will get from people. There was a lady that I actually was working in a laboratory situation coming from swimming pools to doing something else. And I was the office manager. I got fired because her late grandfather came through and she could not recognize who he was until she went through pictures for hours the night night afterwards. And I was fired from the job two days later.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I, I can be a huge skeptic, but I have to say I would never. I don't think I would never feel comfortable making that type of judgment on someone I would just skeptical of this
2: it wasn't until literally those on the other side proved me wrong because my background is several different things but biology and science and and chemistry that was what I went to university for and it wasn't you know this isn't something that you go to school and you go to the the counselor's office for it for jobs and you go oh, psychic medium. Cool. I think I can try right. that one.
1: <laughs>
2: Where's right. your white jacket?
1: Uh, you know, I'm going to stop us right now because Gosh, usually when we're doing an episode and the questions kind of wind down, and I look at the the time, I thought, "All right, we're near the end of the session, and everything's hunky dory." <laughs> I have so many questions, and I can I can see they're going to start coming to me early in the morning. as well. Yeah. So, are you <laughs> are you amenable to returning for another session? Okay. Good. So then let's begin to wrap up. And first, I want to offer you, Ada, the opportunity to speak directly to our listeners and let them know what services you offer, how they can reach you, things like that. Then we'll wrap up. And as soon as we stop this recording, we are going to look and schedule for another session. This has been wonderful in that I think it has helped me, and ho- I hope our listeners as well, yeah. better understand what a medium is, what a medium does, and yeah. just in general how a medium might help you. In another session, I want to look up this y- psychometry. psychometry- <laughs> uh, for a little while after we stop a the commentary. recording, I'll tell you
2: what psychometry is <laughs> yes. and how it works. Okay. Okay, so, <laughs> that's a whole different show. We can do a show on just psychometry and 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 grieving
1: yes there once we once we end and our, once our listeners end there's going to be a massive rush to Google to look up psychometry but and you may very well become a routine guest for us because for me, this is fascinating. so go ahead, speak directly to our listeners without us, without us interrupting or leading you with questions or anything.
2: Well, thank you very much, and everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. My name, like um, Kathy said, is Ada Mae Brown. And you can go to my website, which is naturallistening.com, and contact me. I am a medium, as you have heard. I also teach intuitive abilities. I teach how to listen, how to use your personal dictionary, how to recognize your strengths, and how to work on it, as well as how to break some of those barriers that we all have with intuition. I also do a clearing process for your energy centers. We are made up of energy. We live in a body that's energized by our spirit, by our soul. And sometimes our life knocks us around a bit. And I help to balance those centers by using what's called clear sentience or clear feeling. And it helps me to sense what's going on. And I was actually given this treatment, if you will, or this ability to do this by my guides and angels about a decade ago, just after my Michael had passed away. You can contact me through email. The website naturallistening.com will get you through to me if the page is under construction. It sometimes is this time of the year because I change things up at times. And if you have any question about your intuitive abilities, please don't hesitate. I will take the time to answer your questions. I feel that is so important in this world.
1: Okay, fair enough. As with all of our guests, Ada's contact information will also be in the episode notes and on our website. If for some reason you're unable to reach her, reach out to us and we will put you in touch with Ada. Well, guess what? it is going to return. And I know that we have questions, many questions, and you probably have questions too. So knowing she's going to return, maybe you want to email us your questions and we can answer them on the air even. So we can do it any way you want to. In the meantime, thanks for being patient. This was a little bit longer than normal, but oh my gosh, it's so worth it. I feel so much more comfortable with the entire idea and concept of a medium. And gosh, I think I want to have a reading. But who do I want to hear from? I don't know. At any rate, listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. Please remember to take care of yourself. Self-care is vital as you journey through your grief. And hope you tune in with us next time. Talk to you soon as we all continue to live in grief.
0: Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover? Or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at as I live and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.